listening to the customer, seeing what affects the customer negatively, what what's easy for people. Some people are are very concerned about their data privacy and so aren't willing to opt into telematics. And so that's also another reason why we're not telematics only or telematics first or mobile only, but but really just trying to be omnipresent for the customers that really need us. All right, uh, I am uh, super pleased to have Nestor Solarion. He is the CEO and co-founder of Sigo Seguros. Welcome, Nestor. Hi, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, fantastic. So, um, Nestor, I know we have a couple of contacts in common, and uh, you know they they put us together, and so really appreciate you joining today, and. Um, you know, you're doing some exciting stuff. So maybe as a starting point, you could just let people know a little bit about your background and kind of how it led you to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like many insurance professionals, I ended up in insurance by accident. Um, I think I really dove into the industry over the last kind of three or four years and been fortunate to meet a lot of people in the space that, that some of which put us put us in touch. But my background is in finance. I started my career in investment banking in New York before spending most of it in investing. Uh, my investing career was made up largely of investing in financial institutions and emerging markets, always with a focus on lower income uh, populations, the, the base of the pyramid, if you will. And so I got to see a lot of uh, business models, sustainable, financially sustainable business models that were addressing public sector problems, in this case, kind of poverty through microcredit, microinsurance. And so that was always a motivation for me to kind of work in the space, but felt the, the need or the want to get closer to the customer and the kind of vision for Seagull came up when I saw some of my family members struggling to get auto insurance. And, and like I said, I was an insurance guy. So at that point, I thought everyone could just go online and to one of the uh, many commercials you see on, on, the, on TV and, and get insurance with anybody. And, and seeing my aunt struggle and then my cousin struggle, I realized that wasn't the case. They wanted to do it online. They couldn't or try to do it over the phone, ended up having to go in person. For, for a couple of reasons. Um, but, but that's kind of when the, when the spark for Seago came to mind. And so I, I decided to found Seago at business school as an inclusive car insurance provider, right? Focused on affordability, accessibility, and removing bias from underwriting. And so that's kind of the, the, the genesis of Seago and kind of what we've, what we've been building and, and a little bit about my background. Um, but Seago started as a brokerage and me and my co-founder were just selling insurance over the phone two years ago, dialing out and, and tried to get as close to the customer as possible. And that's how we've ultimately built the solution we have today, which is an end-to-end, mobile-first, fully bilingual in English and Spanish um, product that we're, that we're excited to be launching imminently. So what are some of the unique challenges of addressing that marketplace? You know, you mentioned the story of your family members and their struggles, but what are some of the unique challenges that, you know, your target population faces and what's your approach to addressing them? Yeah, when you look at the Hispanic and Spanish speaking population in the U.S. Um, and generally, I guess I'm more broadly minority and working class populations, right? Um, there's a couple of challenges that come up. Uh, versus kind of traditional underwriting. And I'll, I'll start with the example of my aunt and then kind of try to dig into how we're, how we're looking to solve for some of these issues. Um, but my aunt 
tried to go online and get insurance, um, ended up getting pushed to a phone call, which ended up pushing her to a brick and mortar because they wanted to check her ID in person. They wanted her to sign paperwork in person. And they wanted to inspect her car for her to get comprehensive and collision coverage. Uh, all things that I did online quickly. Uh, but I guess what I realized was I went to a fancy school. I was buying increased coverage limits and I lived in the nice part of town and versus my aunt, who seems like an ideal risk from my point of view, but maybe with the traditional insurer's lens, doesn't have a college education, um, works a blue collar job. Uh, maybe lives in the wrong part of town. Um, those all kind of contributed to some challenges. And then a lot of those get compounded when you look at immigrant populations that may not have a U.S. driver's license, undocumented populations that may be driving with an ID or a foreign ID. Um, that makes it a lot more difficult for people to get insurance in general, right? And so those were kind of the, the things we we were focused on solving first as a broker and now, now with our own insurance product. Um, and so what we did was we pulled out the rating variables that we thought were biased. I tried to replace them with things that encourage people to be a better driver. And so let me give you an example. We, we don't use, we don't use um, insurance score slash credit score. Uh, we don't use employment. We don't use education in our underwriting. And, and instead we introduce things like the options to opt in, the option to opt into our telematics program and you get a discount. And we launched the first Spanish language safe driving app in the U.S., that gives people tips on how to be a better driver, right? You don't text and drive, slow down, check your braking. And so those are the types of things that we're introducing to then encourage people to be better drivers while also we kind of start collecting data and building our own data set around this specific target market. And and so, you know, you mentioned the telematics option. So is your model or your approach to this to sort of, you know, throw out traditional underwriting and, and traditional actuarial science and replace it with, you know, IOT and, and AI ML, or, you know, is it somewhere in the middle? How, how does it all fit together? I'd say it's, it's definitely somewhere in the middle, right? I think there's a lot of value in these vast data sets that the insurance industry, which is old and smart and huge, has built, right? And so we, we don't want to overlook a lot of the useful data that's, that's there. And, and, Instead, we want to keep learning, keep growing, keep improving, right? And so telematics is, is one way we, we see, see things improving. We're running other alternate kind of tests and data sets alongside our, our traditional product now and just trying to understand some behavioral psychology. Is there ways we can encourage people to be more responsible? For example, we have an honor code on our product where we encourage people to be, to be honest as they're, as they're going through, through the process. And so we're, we're exploring ways to improve and pull out the things we, we see, we see the, the that are biased, um, but definitely not throwing out traditional underwriting. I mean, um, there's there's a lot of value there that we can derive, and I think what we the way we look at it is listening to the customer, seeing what affects the customer negatively, what what's easy for people. Some people are are very concerned about their data privacy, and so aren't willing to opt into telematics. And so that's also another reason why we're not telematics only or telematics first or mobile only, but but really just trying to be omnipresent for the customers that really need us. So do you feel like the fact that you and your um, partner did not, co-founder, did not come from an insurance background, gave you an advantage or a disadvantage, or you're probably going to, again, say somewhere in the middle. 
But uh, anyway, what what were the pros and cons of, of, of approaching it as an outsider? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, it's it, the real answer is probably somewhere in the middle, but I, I firmly believe that it was one of our advantages, right? Kind of coming at this with a fresh look. And hey, at times we may have run into challenges <clears throat> in trying to produce some sort of like cash flow estimates with, for our customers, which obviously a lot of DOIs don't, don't uh, allow, but us naively uh, were kind of trying to build. But that sort of testing and is and coming from a pr- fresh perspective was absolutely one of one of the differentiators here and and i'm fortunate to have my co-founder julio um because he's very analytical he's, he's a bank consultant by, by trainings worked at startups uh, an engineer by by studies undergrad and so um uh, kind of taking that that mindset and also my personal experience and growing up in the community here in the u.s i think combined with our um, ignorance of the insurance industry was actually a pro early on. I, I <laughs> it's funny, four years later now, it's, I feel like I'm starting to maybe wear out my, I'm new to insurance, uh, right. um, line, but, um, but they, those are some of the pros and cons. And like I said, some of the cons are, Hey, we tried things that were dead ends. Um, there's, there's certain things that, that we coming from the insurance industry, you would know that, look, this isn't, this isn't something you can use, but even then there's learning there, right? There's learning and, and seeing, okay, this is how the regulator sees things and approaches things and helped us then kind of formulate our product and then how we pitch it to the regulator. Um, but if it wasn't, if, if we did come from the insurance industry, I don't think we would have started as telephone brokers. Um, we started as the easiest kind of lowest kind of friction um, place to start with an MVP and kind of really took a startup mindset today. Today it's you hear and uh, hear over and over. It's very hard to have an MVP in insurance, right? Because if you're building a differentiated product, you've got to get it approved and there's a lot of regulatory and legal hurdles. Um, I think we very much took this startup MVP approach and said, okay, the, the, the smallest thing we can fix for customers is at least getting rid of this upfront broker fee that is charged to, to everyone that, that goes to a brick and mortar, right? So at, at first, we can get rid of that by getting on the phone. And as we learn more and more, it was like, okay, another problem comes comes up. Let's figure out how to solve that. And kind of very kind of on a, a I guess, linearly, but very much adjusting our product and our process and our approach to kind of the, the pain points we felt and our customers felt. In terms of what markets you decided to go into and how you approached that, um, can, can, can you talk about that too? Yeah, yeah. One of the most attractive things about serving the Spanish-speaking and Latino market in the U.S. particularly is the geographic concentration when it comes to insurance, right? Given your state-by-state regulations, um, we have three states that make up almost half of the premiums, which are Texas, California, and Florida. Um, and then you add, layer on another five to 10, and you're talking about 80, 90% of the market. Um, and so first, the, the very first thing we, we looked at was, where's our target demographic? Where's the, the community that, that needs our service? And two, where are these pain points the most acute, right? Where, where is this a biggest, the biggest pain? And so that's what led us to start our agency business in California. And so because that's where broker fees were the highest and also that our target demographic was was the largest population, right? What we learned there is that there's obviously other challenges to building an insurance product, um, the competitive state. And so 
that's when we started also exploring, okay, where else do we go to Texas? Do we go to Florida? Um, I know in insurance, usually we're talking about homeowners insurance, but generally people say avoid the coast for a bunch of reasons, right? A lot of these hard states are where our customers live. California, Florida, New York, New Jersey. And so those are the types of, of markets that we want to kind of build our way towards to serve. But when we looked at um, the combination of demographics, um, acuteness of the problem, and then also regulatory frameworks and ability to innovate within the regu- regula- uh, regulatory environment, that's when we kind of settled in on Texas and kind of started looking at from building from Texas uh, and, and out from here. Um, Texas is a big enough market to kind of build a build a giant company in and of itself, and so um, that was that was also attractive. But that was that was a little bit of the thought the thought process, kind of thinking about demographics and and the community first, and then kind of seeing looking at that through the insurance lens and which market is more challenging and for what reasons. So, last question is uh, really a simple one: Is there anything that we haven't covered that? you know, you'd like to comment on or just share about the company before we wrap up? I think we covered a, a lot of things, but, and I've alluded to this a couple of times, but we're customer first. We're here in response to a problem we saw in the market. And so I think that has given us the confidence to build through a lot of the skeptical conversations we've had and also has been kind of our, our North Star. Um, by focusing on the customer, um, that's how we how we've been able to build, and I think by having insurance expertise on the team is how we've focused on not blowing up yet. Um, because uh, it's funny, I'm sure you know, insurance is one of those industries where if you pay out a claim, your your bottom line is going down directly, right? And it's it's that tension with customer and and ins- and insurance as an industry and as a, as a as a company. Um, but I think it's something we've we've managed particularly well, and I think we're we're continuing to to focus on our customer and a customer first approach. Um, but we're excited to get going in Texas re- relatively soon. We'll be, we'll be selling our Seago insurance product in Texas. Um, and, uh, we can't wait to, to, to expand from there. All right. Great. Well, Nestor, you've been very generous with your time. And again, for everyone, it's Nestor Solari. He's the CEO and co-founder at Seago Seguros. And thanks again. Thanks, Josh. Pleasure talking to you. 